Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, we have a special Bible in the News report and a fascinating personal look at God's saving grace halfway around the world. Friends, God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. Thank you to everyone who participated in our year-end gleanings giving. The impact you are making with your gifts will be felt and seen for years to come. Thank you. New Year means new opportunities to meet our speakers and get in-person details about what's happening in our world. Registration is now open for all of our 2023 conferences. This year's theme for our conferences is Clarity to the Chaos. Each conference will be packed with speakers that will help you and your family make sense of the nonsense. Florida, California, Tennessee, Kansas, Indiana, Ohio, and Nevada are all on the schedule with more locations coming. Check out the events page of our website for all the details, swrc.com, and click on Events. That's swrc.com, and click on Events. Our host, Dr. Larry Spargimino, welcomes a special guest to the program today. Our guest will share the remarkable account of how they were born again in Turkey. Kitty Schneider is a friend of many years. She worked with us at Southwest Radio Church, and I was also her pastor for a couple of years. Her book is titled Born Again in Turkey. I like to read testimony-type books. They can be heartwarming and instructive. Kitty's book will be a blessing to you. I'm sure of that. Kitty, thank you so much for being with us. I'm glad to be with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I was born in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. I live in Florida now. I married my high school sweetheart after he enlisted in the Air Force. And from Johnstown, we traveled to Lincoln, Nebraska, where our son was born. Now, this event was followed by a miscarriage in California, Mm. a daughter born in Pennsylvania, and then two more daughters born at Vandenberg Air Force Base in California. When our youngest daughter was just five, John got orders to go to Inzerlik Common Defense Installation in Turkey for two years. Mm. So John and I moved from California to Turkey with our four children, ages five through 13. On a hot day in July, we boarded a jet plane for Istanbul. And the next day, we boarded another plane for Adana, Turkey. Wow. Well, Kitty, how would you describe Turkey? And would you share some of your early experiences there? I mean, going overseas and going to Turkey, that's quite a jump. That is. Compared to the United States, we discovered that Turkey was an entirely different world. One thing that we noticed right away was that the Turkish people were fascinated with our five-year-old's blonde hair, and they just couldn't resist reaching out to touch it. Another major difference was the housing shortage. There was a year-long waiting list to live on the base, and when we finally found a place to live downtown in Adana, another family found it at the same time, so we flipped a coin to see who would get the place, and we lost. Hmm. So for the first two months in a foreign country, we lived first in one hotel and then another, and they weren't one of the modern (laughs) five-star hotels like they have now. They had no air conditioning and not even screens on the windows. So we did manage to get some fans to blow the hot air around. And one night, in an effort to cool down, we sat on a balcony floor 
and could even feel mice bumping into our legs. So we went back inside and sat on the bed. Wow, it sounds like you were quite an adventurer, and I think you didn't think it would be like that at all. So you were able to adjust. That's, that's so wonderful. But your book is titled Born Again in Turkey. Would you please share with our audience exactly what took place and where? Was it at a military chapel in Turkey? No, it was not. I was alone in my bedroom wearing old flannel pajamas and reading a book. I even noticed a lizard running up the wall headed (laughs) for the ceiling. A friend of mine knew of the disastrous news we'd been hearing from back home. There was a flood in our hometown of Johnstown and a fire at Vandenberg Air Force Base where we had just left. So she had given me three books by Christian authors. The one I was reading included a prayer for sinners who wanted to ask Jesus to forgive them and give them hope for the future. Well, as I read the words of that prayer, I meant them with all my heart. I had not found peace and actually dreaded what news I might hear each day. Mm. So that was the moment that my life was changed forever. There was no need to be in a church building, no need to dress up or kneel down. The Lord Jesus met me right there in my downtown Adana, Turkey bedroom. Mm. My eyes were overflowing with tears that wet my hair and the pillowcase beneath my head. I had truly become brand new. Finally, I had a best friend and peace and hope for the future. We have such a wonderful Lord and Savior. I'm strong on evangelism. I'm strong on witnessing, and I know you are too, because every person that we see, every day, we need to pray to the Lord that he would open some doors for us, and I think you're a good example of that. So for those who are listening, I want to challenge people to be instant, in season, and out of season. And you never know. Maybe that's the day when the Word of God will strike the heart of some man or woman or boy or girl. Well, Kitty, what was the impact of all of that on your family? My husband seemed confused, and he couldn't figure out what in the world happened to his wife. He was happy that I was finally happy, but his own battle with alcohol raged on. However, before we left Turkey, our two youngest children knelt beside their beds, and they invited Jesus into their hearts. Mm. No wonder Jesus tells us we need to come to him like little children. Well, one chapter of your book is titled, I Learned to Pray and How. Now, tell us about that. How did your prayer life change? Well, the day after I was born again, I went to the base, to the chapel, to mend some fences there. A huge disappointment had happened the previous night, and I'd said some things and thought some things that I really regretted. But on the way to the chapel, I stopped at the bowling alley to use the restroom, since it felt like my bladder was about to burst. On my way to the restroom, my friend Dana said she needed to talk with me right away. So after returning from the restroom, she told me that her husband Art was at home on the couch with severe back pain. Art worked at the base chapel. She stressed that he needed to talk with me and that it was important. I was told to knock on the kitchen door, then step inside and call out to Art so he wouldn't need to move from the couch to answer the door. Well, Pastor Larry, I did that, and then I entered the living room where Art was resting on the couch. 
I kept saying his name, but he didn't answer. As I moved closer, I got really scared. I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. His face looked gray, and his chest was not moving, and I panicked. Wow. Were you thinking that maybe he passed on? Yes. I kept watching, and his chest didn't move. What kind of an experience for you to discover that here's a man who is no longer alive? Why would the Lord bring me there to see all that? This was my friend who wanted to see me, and he wasn't alive, and what in the world was I supposed to do? There was no 911 in Turkey. There were not even telephones when we were there. So what in the world was I supposed to do? I was desperately pleading with the Lord while I became increasingly aware of my surroundings and that I would have to be the one who took action. Why would God put me in such a desperate and emergency situation just after I'd become born again and had finally found peace? I was frozen. I kept staring at Art while calling his name and silently pleading with God. Finally, I thought I saw something move. I looked again. Yes, it was barely visible, but it was Art's chest moving. He was breathing. I stood there staring, said his name again, but Art continued to sleep, and then I remembered. When I was born again, I was reading a prayer from a book. It was conversational prayer. Before that day, the only prayers I prayed were the ones that I had memorized since my childhood. I didn't know any other way to pray, so I asked God to please teach me. I asked him to make sure that I would know that it was him teaching me to pray without any doubt. He had done just that. He had put me in a desperate situation where I had nobody to call upon for help, and the result, I cried out to him silently, but crying out to him alone. He heard me, Pastor Larry, and he had Art's chest to quit moving for a while, for what seemed like ten minutes, but probably was not. Then Art breathed again. I left Art's living room that day floating on air, mm. and I went just down the street to tell my friend Linda Miller from church about the whole incident. So the next time I saw Art... He didn't even remember what was so important that he needed to see me that day. What's even more amazing is that when we moved up on the waiting list and was assigned a home on the base, we were assigned to the same place where Art and Dana had lived. That living room became a daily reminder of how the Lord taught me to pray by just simply talking to him, Amen. saying whatever was on my mind. I didn't need to kneel down or talk in hushed tones or even speak at all. He was listening to my heart. That is so amazing. I know a lot of non-Christians, they pray by rote. They pray out of a prayer book. They read a prayer. They might even pray the words of a hymn. But the idea of praying directly to Almighty God, because now you're a believer, and the way has been opened to you. Okay, that veil has been taken away. You're in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And I come from a Roman Catholic background, and when I started praying, just like you're talking about, it was a revelation to me. It was so different, because God is alive. He's a living fire. 
He lives everywhere. He's omnipotent, omnipresent, and everything like that. What an exciting story. What about your prayer life now? Do you have that zeal and that joy? Oh, my. Even as I was preparing for this event of talking with you, of course, I was praying with the Lord, asking Him to guide me, to give me courage, to give me words, and to touch hearts of the listeners. And I'm sure He will, Mm. because He did give me courage and words. Amen. He's so good to us, Pastor Larry. Amen. Well, what has happened in your life since your return from Turkey as a born-again Christian? Is your life now filled with joy and and free of major problems? Mm, No, not at all. (laughs) I have dealt with sickness, with surgeries, with the loss of my daughter. She passed away since I came back from Turkey. I have moved several times because of finances and because the Lord led me to other places. That's how I wound up in Florida. So I just want to say that even though, I mean, we don't stop having problems. Everybody has right. problems. But now we have somebody on our side who really Amen. cares. Your adult daughter's death was sudden, I understand. She had been scheduled for gallbladder surgery the following week. What happened? I was staying at the home with friends, taking care of their home while they were away. And I got a phone call from my daughter's mother-in-law. And she said, Kitty... Something's happened to Mary, and you need to get to her apartment right away. Mm. And I said, well, what happened? She said, well, we found her on the bathroom floor, and it's not good. And I immediately wondered, is she telling me she passed away? And I asked the question, and she said, you just need to get to Mary's house and call your other daughter who lives in the same town and ask her to meet you there. And so I did that. Oh, Pastor Larry, when my daughter met me there... We were two puddles on her front lawn, (laughs) holding each other, crying, big tears, and we weren't allowed inside Mary's apartment. The authorities told us to stay out, and so we had to watch as they carried my precious daughter out in a body bag. I'm sorry. I'm a little upset just thinking of it. It was so hard, but the Lord was with me even then. God is an ever-present help in times of trouble. Well, Kitty, if there's someone listening to you right now who's got some issue, we don't know exactly what it is, what would you tell them? If there's somebody listening who has an issue, would I be allowed to pray for them, Pastor Larry? Yes, go ahead. Father God, you are the answer to every problem. You always love us. You always hold us close, and you guide us. And you lead us through every circumstance. There's nothing too big for you. You're never too busy. I pray for anyone who's listening who has a problem that they think is just overpowering them. Problems do overpower us because we're not supposed to be the ones to handle them. Lord, I just ask that you would wrap your arms around that person. Wrap your arms and draw them close to you so that they know without a doubt that they have met with the living God, with their Creator. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. Kitty, what would you say is the one thing you would like readers to remember most about the contents of your book? We don't need religion. Mm. We need Jesus. We don't need to kneel or bow down. We just need to give up. Mm. 
We need to humble ourselves and reach out to our Creator. He loves us so much that He was willing to leave heaven and come to earth as a helpless baby. He grew up as a boy, but unlike us, He was and is perfect. He knew we couldn't be perfect. And He came to earth to teach and to heal us, to give up His own life so that we can be forgiven and live in His presence for all eternity. He loves us so much. Still, he won't force himself on anyone. He gives us free will to choose him or not. My hope is that somebody will choose him even today. Every day we choose what to eat, what to wear, where to live and work. What's more important than where to spend eternity? As I look at our world today, I think people more and more are at the end of their wits. We see all the horrible crimes. We see the spousal abuse. We see the dysfunctional families. We see the kids who are out of control. Do you think if a family accepts Jesus Christ into their family, will Jesus make a difference? Oh, my goodness, yes, he will make a difference. He is the difference. And he stays forever. You know, when we marry someone, we may or may not stay married forever. But Jesus is faithful. He will never leave us, never leave us. And he will make such a difference. We'll have hope. We we will probably have problems. I think everybody does. But we'll be able to turn to him to solve them. You know, who better to solve our problems than the one who has all power? Well, friends, we've been talking to Kitty Schneider, Born Again in Turkey, a wonderful book. Kitty has put her heart into it, and you can tell this dear sister is a child of God. One word of wisdom that you'd like to share? I fail many times. I disappoint God, but He doesn't fail me. He's with me always, always forgiving, encouraging, helping, leading. I'm just so thankful for my God in my life. Well, I praise the Lord that we could do this program. And like uh, I told our listeners, I used to be your pastor, and you used to work here at the ministry, and you're in Florida now, but this has been really great, very, very refreshing. Thank you, Kitty Schneider. Well, thank you, Pastor Larry. You can get the complete fascinating account of Miss Schneider's journey from America to Turkey and back and her pursuit of the one true God. The book, Born Again in Turkey, will encourage and inspire you. This book makes an excellent gift for family and friends. So order your copy of Born Again in Turkey when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order online swrc.com. Be sure to ask how you can receive free shipping when you call 1-800-652-1144. Marvin McIlvaney brings today's Bible in the News report that thanks God for the new year. As we begin this new year, 2023, let's look back on some of the things that happened last year that made a big impact on us. And let's look and see if these things may still affect our lives this year. The first obvious major event that did not happen was that Jesus did not return in 2022. We all hoped and prayed he would, but he didn't. 
Will Jesus return this year? Maybe. Nobody knows. We read in Matthew 24, 36, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Nobody knows the future, no matter what they say. We have to be ready at any hour, on any day. In no particular order, I will run through some of the headlines from last year and look ahead to see how they may play out this year. First on the list is number one, the Omicron coronavirus variant spreads. Omicron spread faster than any previous variant. When a virus is circulating widely and causing numerous infections, the likelihood of the virus mutating increases. The more opportunities a virus has to spread, the more opportunities it has to undergo changes. These reports that I'm about to play were recorded within the last three days. Listen to this. Bloomberg is now reporting that 50% of passengers on two flights landing in Milan from China today tested positive for COVID. 50% of those two flights. And this comes amid heightened concern over the growth in cases as Beijing unwinds its long-held zero-COVID policy. A lot of nations now either implementing or considering implementing testing for inbound visitors from China. That's something we have been tracking. The world's most populated nation is awash in COVID, and many areas are unprepared. But at the same time, after months of protest and unrest, the Chinese government abruptly lifted its strict zero COVID restrictions, which had limited movement and the spread of the virus. China has suddenly loosened up its restrictions left and right, and that's just provided an extraordinary opportunity for this virus to just, like a volcano, explode. What about the year ahead? It looks like we could get another round of some serious virus variants. Number two on the list is inflation. You may have noticed that the price of everyday items has risen a lot. But this is happening all over the world. Pasta prices, spaghetti and noodles rose at a rate of 60% in England, and prices of other everyday essentials also soared. Inflation rates are the highest we've seen in many decades. Here's what a leading economist says about what is happening. And then there was this body of pseudoscientific economists who coined this thing called modern monetary theory, which basically said, hey, you can keep printing money and introducing it into the economy to smooth things out and to actually drive long-term growth. And it turns out that a bunch of government officials fell for it. And if you fast forward to 2022, so 14 years later, Governments around the world had printed something to the tune of about 30, 35 odd trillion dollars of money into the economy that should have never been there. So the thing to remember is like, we have not necessarily just been obfuscating true supply demand in the last six or eight months when we've been talking about a recession or inflation. We've been actually doing it since 2008. It's just that it's been building up in the system. So one of the things that we have to realize is that all of that money somehow needs to get destroyed in some way, shape, or form if the true economic equilibrium is meant to be found. What will happen this year? Nothing anyone has done so far has had any effect on inflation, so it will probably get worse. We read in 1 Timothy 6.17, Charge them that are rich in this world, that they not be high-minded, 
not trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Next on the list is Russia invading Ukraine. In recent months, Vladimir Putin's health has been under much speculation with reports that he is battling severe cancer. The general SVR Telegram channel claims to offer insider information on the Kremlin and Moscow. The channel alleged Putin's top officials are bracing for his health to dip amid claims he is suffering from cancer and Parkinson's disease. It went on to claim body doubles have already, quote, been used quite often to hide Putin's ill health. The new claims come after footage emerged of the Russian president seemingly unable to use his right arm. Here's what it sounded like when the invasion of Ukraine started. It was as sudden as it was brutal and relentless. Ukrainians woke up to find themselves plunged into the midst of war. Explosions and air raid sirens ringing out here in Kyiv and cities across this country as Russia launched a full-scale invasion on multiple fronts in the early hours of this morning, firing missiles at key military infrastructure sites. This evening, its troops are reported to be advancing from the north onto Kyiv. Other cities that have been targeted include Odessa, the major port on the Black Sea, and there are reports of hundreds of explosions in Mariupol tonight, which is located close to Russian-controlled territory. Ukraine has declared martial law, urging citizens to take up arms to defend their country. There are reports of heavy casualties already on both sides. An ominous warning from Vladimir Putin to any country trying to interfere. You will face consequences you have never seen before, he declared. Maybe this is a case of Putin thinking, while I'm dying, I might as well take everybody with me. He's going to die sooner than later. What does he have to lose? We live in perilous times. Number four has to be the United States Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade. This so-called law was bad law. It was built on the premise that a woman's right to an abortion was hidden in the Constitution. Justice Harry A. Blackman, who authored the Long Roe opinion, included the medical history of abortion, citing the views of Persians, Greeks, and Romans, and quoting two versions of the Hippocratic Oath and early English authors dating to the 13th century. He did not, however, quote a provision in the Constitution that protected abortion rights. The Constitution makes no reference to abortion, and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision. So said Justice Samuel Alioto. He added that Roe's reasoning was exceptionally weak. It was a bad law for 50 years. Thank God it's finally over. Now the states can fight it out. There were many other important milestones last year, such as Queen Elizabeth passing away after 70 years and 214 days being the queen. She was the longest of any British monarch, and it was the longest reign of any female monarch in history. Prince Charles has finally become king. I know. Who cares? Let's hope and pray that Jesus will return this year. Happy New Year. Born Again in Turkey by Kitty Schneider is a book that will encourage and inspire you. This book makes an excellent gift for family and friends. Order your copy of Born Again in Turkey when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order online swrc.com. 
Tomorrow we have an important update on the mission outreach in Pakistan, and we'll continue our series on why we should explore Bible prophecy. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.